Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought, episode 257, brought to you by Hook'em.com, our good friends at Bud Light. Cedric Golden here with Kirk Bowles, the duck. And duck, I was traveling on Monday, missed the, uh, and Tuesday, missed the, the tour of the Moody Center, the gala, ribbon cutting. And so we had, to, we had to get a firsthand view. You did a great job, you and Brian Davis, on the stories. But we need to get the man in. Chris Del Conte, Texas Athletic Director, joins us. CDC, what's up? Everything's great. Good to be with you. I think I was on episode 269, so it's been a while. <laughs> 169. We haven't done 269 yet. 169, I do. If you're into that kind of thing, hey, easy, it's Austin. Easy, it's Austin. Easy. <laughs> so, Chris. Have you come down from the high of Tuesday, the ribbon cutting, the ceremony, the dignitaries, the band, the food trucks, everything was there. You rolled out the red carpet. Are you still uh, jacked up? It's almost anticlimactic. You know, you work all the way and then you're just so worried because, you know, the building, as you saw, we still have so much work to do. So we still have the punch list. We have to, we have to finish a lot of things. So you're there and you feel like it's like uh, I remember the first time I, I, I had uh, I got uh, became an AD and we had the press conference. Then the president just handed me the keys. And I'm in my office by myself. I'm like, now what? <laughs> you know, so it was yeah. like this great. It was this a great event. But you're back in your office. Going, OK, what do I do today? Because it's been you've just been gearing up to that point in time. And Chairman Eltaf reminded me, goes, be happy today. You got to get to work tomorrow. I go, yes, I got it. <laughs> There's and always to be done. I'm yeah. telling you, though, man, three, $385. $85 million castle. It is just absolutely breathtaking from the street. Uh, UT Hoops is excited. The music community is excited. Um, you even got Matthew McConaughey. You dusted him off and, and gave him a burnt orange jacket. Were, were people singing? I wasn't there. I saw the video. Were people singing along with him? Because it sure felt like he was singing by himself. Well, I, I think Kirk could tell you he started off as uh, as a uh, uh, as, uh, as by himself, but later on he got people to kind of go in the mood. I was like, "Where is he going with this?" So strange, so strange. What so was he good, saying? Um, what he calls it the mood, right? Is that going to catch on, CDC? Well, I mean, it's you think about it. Arenas uh, all take the, the 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 name of something, right? Uh, so the mood, because you know, it, it, interestingly enough, it is a. Uh, there's already the, the the Moody Coliseum is up in uh, SMU, been there forever. Of course, of course. But then yeah. now you got the same family did a name here. So what do we do differently to make it? And you know, there's so many songs. There's that one song, "I'm in the mood." It, it just takes a right brain guy. He's our left brain, whatever it is. He's out there in a different uh, uh, planet than I live off. And I'm sitting there, go, where is he going with this whole thing? But I actually walked away going, 
Well, I get it. You know, people thought this. People thought it was great. They go, "This is going to be great." So it's just, but like he said, reporters, student, students, it has to become organic if they start to call it the mood. And I get where he's coming from. You know, you got to come in here. You know, are you the mood for a basketball game or are you mood for for music? It's going to be one of those things that uh, will take a life of its own if they choose to it. But yesterday was fun with it. You said one thing you didn't hear. Uh, I don't know if you listened to the whole ceremony. It was about. 45, 50 minutes. Uh, McConaughey has had more than just to show up and, and, and lead the music uh, role in all this. And he was Charles Attell, who you know co-founded C3, which is going to bring in all these great music acts uh, from uh, from now the next 50 years or longer. Uh, he and McConaughey met and uh, at Charles Attell's lake house, and they went over some designs, and Charles Attell said, Guy just blew me away. He had so many little intricacies and things that he wanted. One of them I thought was very interesting was the porch suites that there's, uh, Cedric, there's overhang where the porch seats and these suites overhang and about 10 feet. So you can see your neighbor and socialize and more of the community aspect. Uh, can you speak to that, Chris, that idea? Any little things other that he kind of helped? Well, you know, it's interesting about that, Kirk, and very observant uh, for, for that conversation. When, when let's go back to when I was, when I was President Fenvis at the time said, hey, this is what you got to do. I get in the car. We're driving to, uh, so it's Mike Perrin, I, and Sean Eichhorst. And Sean Eichhorst been on the job three days. So he goes, where are we going? I go, we got to go this. But I'm explaining to him what is happening, but hey, this is going to be a little bit, Nuts, because it was the unveiling of the envelopes of the bidders for the job. Wow. So we had the unveiling of the bid. So first group comes in, they sit down and, you know, where, where there's a line on one side of the table and there's guys all wearing suit and ties and we're at the University of Texas. We're sitting here on the other side becomes option bid number one, bid number two, number three. The last group to come in was Oakview. And here comes Tim Lywicki, which I'm like, okay, I know that guy. And in my world, he's a hero because he's been building all these stadiums around the world. And I knew how what he did. I'm like, oh, God, I want to I want to pick his brain. Very interested in having just a one-off conversation of how he built the Staples Center, what he did with Key Arena, what he happened to do in Toronto. In athletic administration, he's done a really re- great job of those type of venues. So I just knew him. Secondly, here comes Charles Atal from C3. And that's when Sean goes, hey, I think that guy can get us Aerosmith tickets. I'm like looking down at my phone laughing. <laughs> Don't say nothing. And then here comes McConaughey. Really, the collection of the group was Oakview and Tim Lightwicky. The key here said, my partner is going to be Live Nation in terms of how we fill the arena outside of the dates. I'm going to hire McConaughey to give me the Austin vibe. Wow. And that's really a credit to Tim. So Tim said, if I'm going to do this venue, and I'm going to do this venture where he said, I have built 20 arenas. His partner in this is Live Nation. Because remember, when they built this, when they built the Staples Center, you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, you have the Kings. So their tenants are already built around that whole, that whole thing. Well, the only tenant here is Texas Athletics. So the tenant really is Live Nation. That's what makes it work. So he used Live Nation as a partner. In all of his arenas, I, I turn to find out later. But for here, we're the, we're the benchmark, the cow, the cow that's the one that's going to do that. He goes, we're going to do Live Nation and the University of Texas are going to go together. And then he brought in McConaughey to talk about the vibe of Austin. So, so when we chose them, we said, okay, here you go. 
it started to unfold what they wanted and have to see and what the vibe of Austin could and could not be. So the out design elements, he played a big role. McConaughey did and said, okay, look, let's not just do traditional suites. Let's do these porches that are just basically suits with no walls, but they overhang in your, and, and the fans can come in and out because he's taking a club view. When you go to a club and you have like champagne service up top and all you have is that little rope, you know what I'm talking about? But uh, no, 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 we don't. We don't but go you know to clubs. Neither do I, but we've seen enough movies, right? <laughs> good so, say, good so, say. So he took this whole vibe and said, here he goes, here's what we want the student section. Here's what we want the establishment club to look like. And he was really making it an Austin feel. That was his deal. But Tim Laiwicki was the guy that brought in C3 and him to make this economic model work and the culture oh. for Austin. But he's taking that blueprint and going everywhere around the country now. Very smart. How many, how many groups bid on it, Chris? Well, you know, it's hard because I think by the time I got there, it was, you know, the selection process, how this stuff goes, it goes to the system and it goes to us. So at the time, um, it was really too, I, it was really, the, I only recall there's, we might've opened up other, uh, 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 by the time I think it was just them that walked in. Cause I was okay. just, in fact, we specifically just went down and walked through them to that particular okay. day. There was other groups in the morning, but I think it was just more reviewing processes. Right. So might be three or four. I forget. And the, and the big thing said is I it's 385 million, like you said at the outset, said, and it's free. And it's free. I mean, and and they did the same thing in the uh climate pledge arena in Seattle. They they built it for uh the Kraken MLS team, uh or the hockey team, I'm sorry, and uh the Seattle Storm, the WNBA, and then they donated to the city. And uh, he told us, uh, Brian Davis and I, Monday, when we went on the private tour, that he's got uh, uh, like seven other universities, six, seven universities coming in this week to talk to him. Mm -hmm. But, Chris, we talked uh, yesterday about that. It's going to be hard to duplicate because it's hard to get those ingredients with uh, a market the size of Austin, uh, Austin with its live music capital brand, university. First, a big university with big reach and income and reputation. Do you do you think this will ever be duplicated, Chris? It's hard to say because everyone's just looking. You know, when arenas were real bit built way back in the day, it was all state appropriated money. It was legislative money. There was a lot of World War II project money. Stadiums right. were built that way. So you start to look, and now that they're decaying, legislative money is not that way. You got to figure out public-private partnerships to do, and they're harder and harder to do. Right. So for us, the unique thing about this is the president and our institution knew that we were going to expand the hospital. The most important thing is the University of Texas. Yeah. Creating a city of Austin does not have a first-class teaching hospital. And a hospital here is a travesty. And now Texas took it upon themselves to build Dell Medical. It's going to be awesome. We've got to continue to expand that. That's what the city of Austin needed. But when you said, okay, where's the blueprint for that arena? We had to move it. What makes it work is now that you think about when you and I, when we were younger, we, well, Kurt, you bought a track and, and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and vinyl, you know, oh, yeah. Cedric and oh, I yeah. bought cassette tapes. We were on and, the cassettes. Uh, and, and cassette tapes or CDs, right? Yes, sir. That's where the music industry was making their money. Yeah. Now, because of the, 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 Nap, the Napster or whatever, the, the streaming, the, the, the performers aren't making money like they used to off that particular product. They have to tour. Touring's where they're making their money. Well, all of a sudden, Austin sits right in the middle of Dallas and Houston. 
and San Antonio, which is a big music town. Yeah. Right. But let's just talk about these three for a moment. So if you're traveling on a bus or you're going to go a touring, you want to hit Dallas, you're going to hit Houston, you're going to Dallas, Austin, you're going to hit uh, 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 Houston. Austin's this great city, the arena work. So for us, the economic model says we can build it. We're going to keep our basketball revenue. You can make it this way. And, and he goes, okay, here's how it's going to work. So it'll be very difficult for cities to do duplicate what we're doing in terms of how the model works. They may build an arena somewhere else, but I'm not too sure they're going to sweep the revenue like how we swept it. Remember, it was a $385 million arena. We keep all basketball revenue. We get 20% of the concert revenue for the first 10 years, and then we go 50-50 partners after that. That's yeah. great. That's great. And then we have our own basketball. We have our own practice facility right next to it. So the model really worked for Austin. I'm not too sure the model can be duplicated that way. They may say, wait a minute, we're going to take more of that revenue. We're just going to give you a cut. But so who knows? Mm-hmm. And then Live Nation, with, with along with uh, Ir- Irving Eisenhower, they got to go back and fill the arena. With our partner being Live Nation, they're the ones that are bringing in the acts. You don't have to worry about that. The acts are coming. And we used to run that in we we used to run the acts uh uh Jim House run the yes. acts in house. Well, mm-hmm. that was not our expertise. And then Kurt Bowles, our number got inflated on overall budget back in the day because we put 40 million of revenue and then 40 million of expense that was the acts of the house had nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. And then you would write your article and say, boy, oh, UT has a $200 million budget. I go, $40 million belongs to the Irwin Center. It was, a, it, was a, it was a ledger transfer on both sides. I'm going to tell you, uh, the great Garth Brooks had friends in low places. You have friends in high places, $130 million from the Moody Foundation. Those kind of gifts don't, don't fall out of the sky. And it, and it begs to Kirk's question, I don't think another university – is going to get that kind of money unless they have a friend in high places. So um, I think it's um, it's a great business venture, but it's also a blessing for, for them to foot almost half the bill. Oh, without question. And I think you got Dell. Dell was a big partner. You know, Tito supported this building. Uh, uh, you have uh, Budweiser and Dan Brown. You, know, you guys know Dan Brown, especially Kurt does for sure. You know, said, you know, these guys are longstanding. So these all guys participated. It's interesting. I'll tell you a little funny story. We had a gift already set up for $100 million to name the building. And me, me and I go, wait a minute. Also, Mr. Moody, I, Moody's brother-in-law played baseball at Rice. And Amy goes, Alan wants to see you. I go, okay, what is this about? He goes, hey, my family wants in on the naming opportunity. This, I go, what's well, already done? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, ah, what do you do? What is it going to take for me to have a different conversation? I go, let me get back to you. So I met with Kirk, and, I mean, with Tim Lightwicky. He said, Tim, we got to go talk to this company and say, I think we're going to go a different direction because this is a Texas family. Then I came back and said, uh, uh, Mr. Moody, appreciate that, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit. We're not going to, be able to do it one for one. He goes, ah, well, what do you think? I go, one thirty, and we got a deal. And we shook hands. He goes, okay, done. That's business. Wow. Easy. The whole it's thing was, not supposed to be that easy. It was the most easiest thing ever. It happened in two days. I'm like, this is the nuttiest thing. And I called, I called the president of leadership. He goes, what? I go, rest, just, it's coming, my friend. It was so unbelievable how it happened. Well, you why didn't you ask for 150 million? 
I, I was not prepared for him to say yes at one thirty. I mean, let's just be honest, Kirk. How about you thought it was going to say like one fifteen? Yeah, you were going to negotiate. Like, I thought he was going to think you're crazy. I got at one thirty. It's going to have to. You got to. You got to sweeten the pot a little bit. He said yes, and I was like, I knocked out. Like, this is unbelievable. Like it just blew me away. And and you, and you told me Tuesday that you're going to have a naming rights uh, partner for the practice facility. Yes, sir. That might bring in twenty or thirty million. You want to announce that on uh, your favorite podcast right now? Who that uh, is? Oh, no, no. Yeah, sir. it means after you, after you finish it up. I, I appreciate the favorite podcast, but I want to. They need their proper flowers when we <laughs> unveil it, right? I don't want to do that today. Right. Okay. But One you do know. Else. But you do know who it is. Yes, sir. Oh, that's good. That's cool. Yeah, and it's going to open in uh, like uh, late August, Cedric. And uh, one other thing uh, Chris told me is that he and Charles Atal said that they're talking about putting on a concert at DKR, put it inside the football stadium, have 90,000. Uh, asked, we asked Chris yesterday at the press conference, what act would you want to see? And a man after my own heart named the Beatles. And I read uh, it. Don't Aren't think they all dead? Holly huh? McCartney's alive. You were Ringo, alive. Ringo, 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 Ringo. Okay. We were dreaming. We, we were dreaming. So, and Prince is gone, and that would be Cedric's pick. So, who you got? Who would six, you bring in it for? You mentioned Prince dead six years ago today. I'm okay. still broken. Go ahead. So here's the deal. If he, he said, if you could dream, it was the, yes. the issue was not like give me because if you could have a dream. Yes. It's like posing that question you said. If you could have dinner with five people, who would they be? Right. It was like if you could dream a concert, who would it be? I was like, you know, okay, if it's a dream, I'm going to say the Beatles, just because they they revolutionized the music industry, right? Absolutely. They're the OG, and you'd have to sit there and say, I would like to see Paul McCartney and John Lennon, that music genius, along with George Harrison, you and you got Ringo. I mean, you can think about it. I mean. If it was not a dream, I mean, my second band would be, and I saw him. I mean, I saw, I'm a big deadhead. I love me the, I love me the Grateful Dead. And it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I went to many a concert there where whew, I left out, of, I arrived in good shape, but left out of no good shape. Are we going to see a concert in a year at DKR or is it going to be longer? You know what's interesting about that? I, 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 I'm just open to the conversation. I saw I sent I sent President Hartzell a picture the other day of um, I want to say ZZ Top, a ten dollar ticket in uh, in DKR, like nineteen. It was like nineteen seventy eight. It was a ten dollar. Kurt, you were probably there. Yeah. And it was uh, unbelievable, right? I, I think that how many people can really commandeer a venue that big? It's really the Rolling Stones and maybe Garth Brooks does a couple. Like Michael, Michael in his heyday, Michael. Oh, sure, Michael in his heyday. So it's really not, you'd have to have someone that, that uh, it's like a, we, we had the guy, the, 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 this act called The Weekend, right? Yeah. We had him booked, and all of a sudden he's decided, no, he's going to do stadium tours. Well, that's no longer possible because he doesn't draw enough for 100,000. No. Unrealistic, but swallow so it up. Maybe, you know, so maybe. I could probably pick three, two current American acts, maybe Garth Brooks and maybe, maybe, maybe Taylor Swift that yeah. could do a one-off. I'm not too sure you can do a complete year stadium tour of that big. The Rolling Stones are the last guys to pull that off. You know, maybe George, maybe George Strait. He's, he's, he, he played uh, Cowboy Stadium. He did as a one-off. I'm talking about would you could you do a 30-state a, a 30 tour where you went from like – Big venues, L.A., Seattle, you know, Rolling Stones, when they came back in the day, they hit New York Giants. 
You know what I mean? They did, they did the big stadium in the Falcons. They did massive stadiums. So to, to do a one-off, you could probably be right. You could probably do a one-off with George. You might do a one-off with Taylor Swift. You might do a one-off with Garth, but not many. And for sure, the Stones. Yeah. But that's it. You'd have yeah. to have you'd have to have one of those things where four mega stars got together and said, "We're going to get together and we and combine our fan bases." You know, yeah. like, like a lot of rap stars are doing yeah. that now. But here's the thing: uh, Garth Brooks just did that at Notre Dame because uh, I, I watched it on television. How many? Uh, after- I don't know how many they had. Were you aware of that, Chris? Yeah, it's about because the way they're stating only seats about sixty thousand. Yeah, but, it was you know, small. So you, you, but it was a center. They did it in the middle, so in I watched you see. So they're around. You could probably, I mean, Garth can do that as a one-off. We're talking yeah. about, but when you're talking about just a a a, 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 a tour, my daughter turns uh, twenty-one this summer, and uh, she bought tickets to go watch the Rolling Stones and, 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 and uh, she wants me to take her. So she bought the tickets. Now I got to figure out how to pay for it to go to Hyde Park and watch the Rolling Stones in, uh, in, in England. Oh, like, wow. Okay. Wow. But, you know, so she goes, dad, we're going to do this. I'm like, really? Are we? Are we? Are we? <laughs> but she bought the tickets. I'm like, really? So now she put a lot of pressure on the system. It's not but, football season, is it? It's, it's July. It's July. So Perfect. she's like, She's making it, but anyway, we'll see what happens. One other thing, uh, said we were talking uh, Monday and Tuesday, and and the UT has the the use of the building for sixty events, and about thirty to thirty three of those will be women and men's basketball games. It doesn't include practice, so they can practice there. But it leaves about twenty seven other uh, dates, and uh, I brought up an NCAA regional basketball tournament. And uh, that they could do that. Uh, is, is that uh, a priority or on your wish list, Chris? You know, it's interesting. With, with We're going to look at, I mean, if we could host it. Uh, I told Tim Lywicki yesterday, I want to buy an indoor track. I'd like to host the indoor national championships here. Oh, no. Uh, okay. When I was in college, I ran in, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the Rose Garden. They just put it, install a tractor because you have the fans. You can do that. Remember, the, the, the Southwest Conference used to do them up in, up in uh, Fort Worth at Convention Center. So it's big okay. enough. Right, um, we're gonna have a rodeo. I mean, they're, they're, Irving Isaac owns a rodeo. He owns, he's he's bringing the PBR into uh, into the arena. So oh, you wow. think about the different events we're gonna have. But for for me, for our extra thirty dates, yeah, we're gonna have graduations. We're gonna have high school graduations, university graduations. But we also got to think hey, out of the box. I'm, I want to hold. I want to host an EA tournament. EA what tournament? EA sports. Electronic sports. Oh. Yeah, you know EA sports. Or or Madden, or you want to host the the, the Fortnite because they 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 fill up these crazy stadiums. They're big, and that that attracts students to come to the University of Texas. Yeah, the whole idea is that we're the front porch. What can we do to to help Jay's vision of what he wants for the University of Texas? And part of that may be these type of gaming industries. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. But a Final Four, I mean a, a regional for sure, uh, will be something that we'll be bidding on. Courtside seats for $8,500 a piece. I mean, that's like a Laker game. Um, Got to ask. Let's back up. When I was at at the University of Arizona, I just pulled out my form. And this was, I left there in 19, uh, got my 19, 2006. We were charging 50,000 for two seats. Oh, wow. Uh, The price is not, the price has not gone up here in Texas. It's the same price it was in the Irwin Center. Mm -hmm. So, Cedric, here's a misnomer. All the prices are the same. We're just not allowing you to use your football priority to get basketball tickets. Oh. Way, way back in the day, DeLoss, DeLoss had done this deal, and I get it. We were football. We were trying to get well relevant in basketball. And when we first started, uh, 
uh, our coach, uh, boy, he went to Oklahoma City. What was the first coach back with or the uh, 200? It was um, Abe Lemons. Abe, Abe Lemons. Lemons. Yeah. Abe Lemons, we started the, the, the horns for 200 way back in 1983, and that was the idea right. that if you gave X amount of money, you got both. 200 Horns Club, yeah. So they just stayed right. the whole time. Well, then when Beard got here, we're like, wait a minute. A got to build of, it. Over 50% of our fans paid both priority. Mm-hmm. 50% were not. They were just paying a football priority. And were they coming to the venue? You two, you two guys are just blast me on blast about That's how not true, CDC. Stop it. Stop it. Blast, blast about how no hold on. Blast how it's all uh, uh even even Brian took a shot at me the other day about how I should be embarrassed about Texas Tech. Well, our fans might be in Houston. They might be in they're not coming to that game. They're going on on, on StubHub. So we had to put basketball-centric fans in the stands. And what we did is we just took and said, wait a minute, no more football priority. If you want a basketball ticket, you get a basketball ticket. If you want a football ticket, you get a football ticket. You can have both, but you're going to pay both priority. I wrote that. Me and you talked. I, you, I, I wrote that column. But even, 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 okay, let me back up. Cedric, you're golden on this one, just like your name. Kirk and my man Brian, they just threw me on the bus on these ones. Every time they go, there's more, there's more Red Raider. I get it. There's more Kansas fan, no doubt. It, it was a great experience. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. I'm telling you. I love you. <laughs> hey, hey, I want to backtrack just a little bit on the regional, but you say a final four in Austin could be a possibility? No, no. I mean, you could. I, I, I think you could have a final four on the women's side. We couldn't play here. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you could right, right. bid on that, but you could have definitely a regional and you could have a lead eight and sweet 16 for the men. You can host your women are going to host. If they win like this past year, you can host first, second round. Right, we can right. bid on a final four for women. It was, that that not, could happen, but it's it, it, the, the reality uh, of it's not big enough know. for men. Yeah. Not big enough for men. Yeah. I, yeah, got, yeah. I got you. So, well, uh, well, the acts are coming. John Mayer, Bon Jovi, the be- the oh. believers are coming. George Daddy Strait. Daddy Yankee. But I'm feeling a little some kind of way. I mean, where where are the urban acts? I, I'm I, I'm not hood. I'm not hood. I know you got a little hood at UCDC. What what what? are we getting some uh, urban acts? So what other? Who, who think, else I are coming? I, I think they're going to come. I think what's interesting too is they're all coming. If you look at the long list, it's just that what happens is who's touring now? Right now, yes. It's it's, it's, it's not necessarily if it's just when when everyone decides to tour. I mean, you look at you look at probably the most popular act had an issue in Houston that they're still working through. You remember the the so you remember the the the, the what was the big issue they had in Houston that the, 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 they're being uh, um gosh the the uh the couple you know of Toyota months. Center no no the big the, the big act outside people got trampled Travis oh, Scott Travis, Travis Scott. Scott so okay who's touring right now. It's not when they Travis or if Travis Scott was touring, he'd be, he'd be coming. He'd be we try to have the weekend. He decided he, the weekend was going to open the arena. He's and not big enough to be trying to do stadiums. I just don't get that. Us, right. So what ends up happening is when they tour, we will book them. But when they're not touring, then, then, then so the, the, the venue is not no one excluded. We got Andrea Bocelli. Why? Because he's touring. Everyone's dusting off the old COVID. Uh, uh, yeah, baby, let's get out. We need a little short of cash. We got to take baby. those masks off, baby. That is, so they're all ready. Hey, they took them off the airplane, so we're going to be ready to roll here. I'll be I'll be wearing mine the next time I fly. Sir. <laughs> I, I don't trust those people. So right. the orange white game Saturday. How many yes, people sir. are you expecting to be in the stadium, and what are your expectations for Steve Sarkeesian's second year? 
football team. Ah, well, I mean, I, I think you know what, because we're going to do the same thing with uh, with Bevo Boulevard, the Midway. We have a, a pregame concert followed up by the Prince of New Jersey, Bon Jovi. So right. the whole thing is going to be great. A uh, little steel horse I ride there, Cedric. Uh, uh, I love Bon Jovi. I it's going to be a fun, fun day. Um, you know, I, I, I think a, a typical crowd to 20, 30,000, you just never know. You know I mean? Sometimes yeah. they're that big. Sometimes it's just all depends that day. We have baseball against Baylor. We have, we have a lot of activities happening around on campus. We have the, 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 the 10, we have a 10 K fun run. I mean, there's so many other things besides us that are doing. You but, guys still playing baseball over there? Really? Oh, God bless America. <laughs> I mean, stop it. You know, I mean, we're ranked tenth in the country. We, my main man, they no one's more frustrated than Dave right now. But you know, oh, I know. When they, when you know, when you get this rut, the best thing is having is Dave and Tula Whiskey just say, guys, we just got to work through this. I mean, no one's feeling it more than they are. But uh, I, I, I have a funny feeling that we're going to end up in the right spot here uh, at the at the end, at the end of the spring. What do you uh, see when you What do you see when you look in the Sark size this spring? You know, it's interesting. You guys have been around him long enough, and I, and I think both of you have been around coaches long enough. He has an unbelievable demeanor. You know, he's really – like with the, with the players, the, 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 way, the way he's trying to get things across. He's embraceable. And, 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 but, but he holds people in that locker room really accountable. You know what I mean? He's on them. He goes, time out, guys. This is what we have to do with this. So I like how he's going about recruiting. I like the pieces in the puzzle. You saw uh, – um, uh, uh, what we could and could not do last year when you get when you get the, the right pieces in the room and what we have to have is addressing these and recruiting. So I'm really excited about what has transpired. And I remember the conversations where you took umbrage with me too a little bit was when I was trying to say, it's not that the, the wins and losses last year, our roster was relatively depleted and no one wants to hear that discussion. But the last two years, we had almost 30 guys leave the roster from the 18 and 19 recruiting class. That tells you that how when you're going in and you have 63 or four guys on scholarship, pretty hard to really have a spring ball. Last year, we had COVID. We had the ice storm trying to get everything involved. And then you're down. We went through Texas, specifically us, went through a real tough two years with COVID and civil unrest. All those things played out. Steve did a yeoman's job of bringing everyone together. This is who we are, and here's how we're going to go about it. Our recruiting graphs reflected it. So I love where he's going. I like, I like the pieces. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. I'm excited. Well, you mentioned he, he holds his players accountable. There was a dust-up recently with Moro Ojimo talking about the culture, and Austin's a fun place. We all know that. And uh, how do you feel like Sark handled that? And do you think there's a culture problem? I, I don't think I don't think he said there was a culture problem. What 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 umbrage he took was if 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 I'm right if I'm in interviewing and I say hey, Kurt and Cedric and uh, Brian are are this 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 they got to do that and it becomes part of the media story. I just threw the three of you under the bus publicly. I think what what happened was it was not it was a conversation. Hey guys. We just got to refocus. It's hard. We all want to win. What mm -hmm. Morrow said was we got to win. He didn't say we had a culture problem. It was asking the, the mentioned kids by name, right. saying, hey, you got to go do this. And all Steve says, guys, look, that's okay. Before yeah. I go and tell say that Kurt Bowles is a bum, I better make sure that I my own yard is clean, that I'm doing everything possible. Because why would I ever want to disparage someone publicly? And Morrow wasn't trying to disparage someone publicly. He was really just trying to say, look, guys, we yeah. all got to pick it up a notch. And those conversations are always held behind closed doors. And how Steve Hallett was, what a, what a learning lesson. 
you yeah. know, you guys have a judicial responsibility to be a reporter and report the facts. But when we start taking the uh, naming names, if I name and said, if I name my entire staff publicly and said, this, 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 what do you think is going to happen in the locker room? Yeah. I think that was his misstep. Singling not, out. That's all. And you know what? Did you know he wants to win. He's a good guy and wants and to win. He wants to win. And Steve did not admonish yeah. Moro. He right. said, hey, well, you said, let him talk to us. But <laughs> again, because the, the issue is you have a learning here. It's a learning lesson. Here's yeah. what it is. But that's not, but did not throw him under the bus. Said we all got to make sure our own house is in order before we start casting right. stones. Right. Uh Quinn yours is here. I'm waiting for you to grow the mullet. Uh, how long is that gonna take? I know you grow a beard. Are you gonna grow a mullet? Don't like bring you? back, don't bring back the beard. Do yeah, not bring back the beard. Here, here's the deal. It's amazing how you get older. Your facial hair goes quicker and the top of your head goes, you lose it fast. So I don't think I could grow a mullet if I tried. I got a solid disc. Be looking like Cedric here pretty soon. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to hold on. But Cedric, you have a perfectly shaped dome to be bald. And, and I got to, I, I look doesn't, like. Doesn't work good for white guys, though. I, I, I look like Conehead from uh, Mork and Mickey, Mindy if I tried it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. I, um. I, I I just enjoy chopping it up. I, I love when good things happen to the city and the school because uh, people are people are buzzing now in the city because there's there's we also like shiny new things and I think it's a it's a real cool and a real blessing that you guys have uh, put this thing together. I'm I, I'm a little butt hurt that I wasn't invited to the Earth Wind and Fire concert. I, that. That kind of shook me. I think Bianco was there. Bianco could have yeah. been there. You could have could have thrown Sanji a couple of tickets, but you, you know were, what? You, hey, you weren't there Monday and Tuesday either. I'm a little butthurt you didn't show up for the tour. <laughs> I had to go see my mom. I had to go see my mom. Uh, my bad. Good point. Good point. 84. I had to go yeah, see I didn't, her. I didn't get an invite to Earth, Wind, and Fire either, Sid. You, so. can, you I, can't even spell Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I went both days. I went do both you, days. Do you remember the 21st day of September? I doubt it, sir. I doubt it. I'm just saying, I was there, and I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. And before we let you go, we need to talk a little SEC. When's Texas going to the SEC? Uh, you know what? Uh, we, we, we know what our marching orders are. We, 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 so we have a couple of years. Um, um, three. You got three years. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it, 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 right now we're just trying to make sure that we get through the spring. We have yeah. uh, 22, 23. There's a lot of movements uh, that, are, that are still happening around in terms of when is it going to be? We look at uh, 25 as the date that we'll be entering in, in, into uh, the, the Southeastern Conference. Spring of yeah. 2025 or fall? No, I mean, I think we said fall of 25 is, is, is what was the was the goal, correct? Okay. okay. But can uh, you sustain three more years in the Big 12 with all again, the animosity and everything and friction, Chris? Well, I, I think that uh, at the end of the day, that's 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 the charge that we've been given. That's the length of our contract. If anything happens, uh, yeah, um, that's where that's where we're focusing on. And I understand the YouTube boys are always chopping up the bit of uh, tomorrow. You know, that'll be the lead story. So the lead story is twenty five, and just and, and keep it there, Kurt and uh, and Cedric, and look at, you know, I, I look at. We look at the moves that we've made, and I and I and I'll say this. And I read your article last week, Kirk, and I get it. But the moves that we made for the University of Texas, anyone in our position would have done the same thing. We had to, with the, 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 the viability of the University of Texas, the brand of who we are and where we were going. We, we did the right thing for our institution. I firmly believe that. And, and, and we're setting ourselves up to who you play in the stadium really matters. Rivals really matter. Um, 
making a decision to leave this to, 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 to stay in the Big 12 and AM left, Nebraska left. Those, those, those were games that mattered to us. Oklahoma not playing Nebraska is not a good idea. Us playing that is not, we have not playing Arkansas. This is the fiber of what you grew up uh, on, on watching and writing about the University of Texas, Kirk. If you go right. back and, and you have to go to microfiche to find it. But you, go back, you can go back. You can go back and see those stories. Wow! I know. I love Arkansas rivalry. I love the AM rivalry. You know, and, and in truth, really, Texas kind of belongs in the SEC. I get that. You know, it's just there's so many hard feelings. I almost wish you need to go back to Ross Moody and say, Ross, I need another eighty hundred million to so we can start the SEC in a year. I'm never going to, you never, I never looked at what, what, what happened. I don't guess what happened with, with, with Mr. Dodds did, what Mr. Perrin did, what Mr. Patterson did, or Powers. I, I work for a dynamic president and, and President Hartzell. He's okay, guys, what do we got to pass you? Where are we going? The last 10 years have been really tough for Texas. Yes. And then when I got hired here, we just started, we combined athletic programs. We started putting pieces together, look at the facilities we started to raise money for, start to build. And then we had COVID, we had civil unrest, and we had, uh, uh, all these things that just put us in this really weird time during that time gives you time to reflect and say, where are we going to go? Mm-hmm. It's not today what the future looks like. So, okay, we're going to honor our commitments, but we also got to look farther down the road, what the university of Texas could, could be. And that was really the conversations we had that spurred, spurred this thought, if this is going to be, and then remember uh, the, the tax deduction went away when, when you used to be able to write off your priority seating. We, when we first started this, it was just a ticket. How we started funding a broad-based athletic program is through, is through, is through donors saying, we're going to give you this money through priority seat that we fund our entire athletic program. When that changes and you can no longer write that off and it becomes truly an entertainment dollar, what do you got to do? All right. Who you play matters. Yeah. If you want to fund a department that we are trying to be great in everything we do. Yeah. So here we are. We just need, said now, each need like four tickets for the Alabama game next to you got the best seat in the house. What are you two bums talking about? <laughs> we'll give you some solid stale popcorn. There you go. We'll take it. And we'll take it. We are very appreciative of the popcorn and the free drinks. We, we heard of the reason I bring that up is because it said blasphemy about the stale nachos. Do you remember that? <laughs> Just was, was, were, you, were you behind them bringing uh, those nachos? Like, yeah, yeah. You go get them some damn new nachos right now. That's ridiculous. Like uh, right now, <laughs> you guys put me on blast on this phone. You got to quit doing that. I mean, no. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us. Appreciate, we appreciate it. it, man. All right, boys. You guys be great. Hook them. Go get them. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. On Second Thought. Look, always good to chop it up with CDC, but we got to take it in between the lines because, man, so I'm at home on a Tuesday night and I'm flipping on NBA playoffs are on. And I was like, oh, wait, UT baseball just started. I flip it over to the, to the History Channel, the Longhorn Network. It's already eight to nothing in the second inning. And it wasn't Texas winning. It was Air Force. The Longhorns are 15 and 13 since starting 11 and 0. And Danny Davis, our esteemed beat writer, has joined us. And he's going to explain what the hell's going on at the dish, Daniel? What happened? Well, if I could explain it fully, I wouldn't be uh, still at the States, but I'd be making, a lot, it. <laughs> I'd be making a lot more money money elsewhere in the world of college baseball. But, yeah, it's definitely been, um, I guess, flabbergasting is the proper word to use here. Um, yesterday was probably the worst 
game Texas has played under David Pierce. I mean, they had a couple of really bad losses in 2019, but that 2019 team just wasn't good. They weren't um, good at all. Yeah. This is a team that, as most know, you know, number one preseason ranking has legitimate, probably still has legitimate thoughts of, of course, thinking they can get to Omaha. So yesterday it was just a fuddling um, experience. I mean, who knows by the time this podcast comes up, they may have beat Air Force by 20. On, on Wednesday afternoon, but they could have also lost. So, yeah, who who really knows? Um, but it was definitely – I don't think a lot of people had questions um, or had answers. There are a lot of questions after the game, but as we were talking with David Pierce, Trey Faltini, Mitchell Daly, Silas Ardwan, we're all just kind of sitting in the dugout. Uh, this is 15, 20 minutes after the game, just staring blankly um, into what was now an empty, empty field, trying to figure out what exactly just happened. And – I doubt if you got those gentlemen on the podcast right now that they'd be able to give you any better of an answer than I just gave. I mean, do you think they're just numb almost? And just, I mean, you look at the stats in the Big 12, Texas number one in the hitting in the conference. Look at pitching, number one in ERA. Uh, defense, number two in the Big 12. All, all the numbers still add up and look pretty, but obviously they're not getting it done. Uh, how much of this do you trace to the pitching the bullpen issues that they've had and the loss of Tanner Witt to Tommy John surgery early on. I mean, I think that's probably the <clears throat> number one. Yeah, it's A, B, and C. Um, you know, the injuries to Eric Kennedy um, has, haven't, hasn't helped. and looks like he's going to be shelved for a little bit after pulling up again yesterday. Um, Ivan only missed two games, but one of those games was a loss. And when you have that bat missing from your lineup, that doesn't help. So, I mean, those, those are two injuries that haven't been helpful, but the Tanner Witt thing is the big thing because that takes him out of the weekend rotation and that takes Lucas Gordon out of the midweek rotation. And Texas has really, for whatever reason, struggled in these mid midweek games. I mean, they're, I think I calculated last night and their ERA in the midweek games is over five. That's crazy. Wow. You know, it's nuts. Gave up a ton to... Texas A&M, I think that was a 12-9 game. Mm -hmm. PRGV got him for about five runs or something. Um, and then last night, you know, an Air Force team, which, you know, good good on the Falcons um, for playing the way that they did. But that's not a good Air Force team. That is not a team that's going to be, you know, competing in June. And so that for that team to come into Austin and score 14, um, they're pretty much – that was batting practice in those first two innings. And, mm. um, you know, it seems like Justin Eckhart's about to lose his job as – a midweek starter, which, you know, the way he's been pitching is not a, I don't think is an overreaction, but who do you go after him? It's not like, uh, you know, Dre did not pitch well yesterday when he got his chance. Uh, Daniel Blair had a good two innings and Olsen was being hit around in the eighth. I mean, um, what about LeBaron? Le, I mean, LeBaron pitched well yesterday, but that was his first two inning start or that was his first two inning appearance of his career. So I don't know if we can expect him to Olsen to be a, five to six inning guys. So, um, you know, they, their weekend rotation seems pretty set, um, but it's these midweek games. And if you're going to be a team that goes far in June, you need a fourth, you need a fifth starter. You can't just have those three guys be your only, only guys. I mean, they need to figure out who their four, who their five is. And those guys need to start stepping up in these midweeks because they have not, not that the midweeks are the only problem. I mean, they've had some problems with the weekend series. If you just look at last weekend, but that's a, that's a big piece. <laughs> And you got to mention Texas State putting putting big runs on them uh, in that in that meeting here at the Dish, uh, the unofficial best team on I thirty five right now. 
the Texas State Bobcats are, are rolling. Um, I don't know if it's an internal thing or just a pitching thing because it's just – I think this is the weirdest season that we've seen from them in a while, Danny, because like Duck said, those numbers are great. You look at those numbers and you know they're leading the Big 12. And uh, teams that went to Omaha didn't have these kind of numbers. So uh, when David Pierce sits down with Sean Allen and and, and, and Tulo to talk uh, how to fix this, where does it start? Um, because what we're looking at is they've lost three out of four to bad baseball teams. Is this who they are? Are, the, are they just a team that's – you know, that's glossy and, and has a nice, nice paint job, but then inner motor just isn't as good as we think. Yeah, to be honest, like, I don't know if this is a David Pierce problem. I don't know if this is a Sean Allen or a Philip Miller or a Tulo problem. Like, I think at some point, you know, this is going to be a player led team. The players need to lead. And, you know, these guys have liked to, you know, these guys are very confident. They, there's a lot of swagger on that team. There's a lot and of testosterone flowing on that team. When you have that swagger, you put a target on your back. And that's the target that this Texas team wanted. They wanted that target before the season. And now that people are taking aim, you know, they've got they've got to respond. And, you know, the Trey Faltinis, um, you know, the Mitchell Dailies, those guys that were in the dugout yesterday, they need to step up and lead. And Trey is a great young leader, and this is going to, this is going to test that um, going forward because, you know, as much as, you know, the sky is falling and it's time for panic and is this team even going to be able to host a regional and all that talk um, that that's going around, you know, this is, I mean, there's room for optimism. I mean, look at the big 12 standings. There's who in the big 12 is, is the team to be right now. Um, you know, three of the teams or two of the Texas is in fifth place right now, two of the teams that are above them, Oklahoma state and West Virginia, they still have, they still get to play. Uh, TCU has one fewer loss than Texas. Tech is one game ahead of Texas. So it's not like these teams are completely leaving Texas in the dust. Texas still has a chance to get things right and, you know, maybe not, you know, win the conference regular season crown, but climb those standings, get into that second, third place slot, which will put them, you know, just fine for, you know, regional hosting aspirations. So, you know, this is still a team that if it gets its stuff together, will be fine come June. But it's just a matter of, whether or not they can do that, whether or not they have the horses in that um, in that bullpen, and whether or not you know some of the mental stuff that's going on, they can get over that those humps and get back. To, we, we we've seen this team play well. They played they were really good in March. They looked just fine against a really good Tennessee and a really good LSU team. So we've seen the peaks of this team. Is just whether or not they can kind of get out of this valley that they're currently in. Nice. I wonder if they still have that swagger. I mean, they, they had it at start, as Sid said, when they go 11-0, and 0, and you look at it, they swept Rice, which isn't very good. They swept Alabama. They swept a mediocre incarnate word. They beat Oklahoma two out of three. They beat TCU, number two team in the league, two out of three. And their losses, they, they lost a series at South Carolina, and they lost at Lubbock two games in ten innings. And then the Kansas State thing is just – inexcusable inexplicable but you know it's funny because i don't know but watching that oklahoma finale and that great comeback you know the down what was it seven one in the seventh inning and dylan campbell comes through the homer and staley and, and boy i just thought boy this is a signature win this is a taking off point uh and they just haven't done that and you know pitching just 
teams just feed off pitching. And, and I think you put it best, Danny, when you said, you know, they don't have that proven third guy and much less fourth or fifth. So if you had to guess, Danny, who do you think would be the most likely, you know, number three and number four pitchers to, you know, to fill those roles? I mean, I, Lucas Gordon's your number three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well established. And then, I mean, that number four is who knows? I mean, that number four may end up being bullpen. I mean, that may end up being Koi Cobb. We need you to throw a three. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, Justin, we need you to get, get to the order once we need, you know, Dre, we need you to go out there and throw us a, a perfect sixth. And then, you know, Aaron Nixon, if Aaron Nixon is recovered and he looked fine in that Kansas state finale, you know, we're going to give you the ball in the seventh inning and, you know, ride you to ride you to the end like they did against the Wildcats. So that's just not a, that's just not a recipe for success. They they really, they really need that fourth guy to show up. Yeah. Do we expect, do we expect, you know, how often does a fourth guy show up in the middle of the middle of April and then is reliable um, in in June? I mean, this is likely it's usually they've usually figured it out by now that that fourth guy. I mean, I'm talking for tournament situations. I mean, the guy, the guy that you that you might start in the first game of a regional against a Belmont or you know somebody Quinnipiac, right. you can throw him out there on that first game and know that you yeah. got enough offense to save your other big arms. That yeah. guy is it? Oh, where's Jared Southard? Where is he? Is he hurt or? Okay. It may be Luke Harrison. I mean, who did not pitch well yesterday. Oh, he was bad. Yeah, he was bad. Hitting guys. Yeah. He's uh, you know, he still has an ERA that's around three. So and maybe that was just a, a maybe that was just one of those expectations where he wasn't expected to be working in the in the yeah. second inning and you know, may not have had a time to mentally be there. But he's he's looked good at other other spots during the season. So I mean, this isn't the position Texas expected to be in, but it's the position they're in. So and I would also say. I would imagine if Texas is hosting the regional, it doesn't matter who they're playing in that first game. Um, you're going to see number 35 and number 33 pitch in that game. Like, I don't think Texas is going to mess around and throw out a, you know, a number three or a number four starter and take that chance. Um, well, know, they always have. Game, so. They always have historically. We'll see. If, I think, Tristan, I think Tristan pitched against Southern last year. So yeah. um, I'd imagine that, you know, we're going to, if Texas is hosting and gets a, easy win to open up the tournament. I, I believe you're going to see one of their, one of their big arms in, in that game. I don't think David Pierce is going to leave that uh, chance because we've seen what happens when, you know, teams that Texas is supposed to roll over um, face this team. Yeah. No. Right. Ba- Baylor this weekend, Baylor this weekend, four and eight in conference. I'm like, all right, I rolled last week. It's time to fatten up on K state. And then K state got them. Uh, is Baylor Four and eight bad, or have they played a good schedule? I don't know. I haven't looked, Daniel. Um, I haven't really done too much in my Baylor prep yet, but um, I think it's going to be one of those. I think after the K State series, you really can't, you know, can't pencil in anything. Yeah. I mean, this is still a Baylor team with a lot of Texas kids who, you know, are going to want to um, come in here and, um, you know, embarrass the horns on on their home turf on their home turf. Um, looks like they you know, had a couple of close losses to TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they both played Tennessee. They both played UCLA. Um, Baylor beat UCLA, which um, That's you know, did, beat, did beat Texas. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, this is a Baylor team that, 
I think is not um, was not expecting to be four and eight this season. Um, that number does kind of surprise me a little bit, but you know, I was also surprised by what happened at the ballpark on Tuesday. So and maybe I maybe I shouldn't be covering baseball. Maybe I don't. <laughs> you cover everything. I do. And Steve Rodriguez maybe on the hot seat might, might be in the hot seat in Waco, but you know, just just to put a final note on it is like you know the sky's not falling. You know they're twenty six and thirty. 13 or I guess are they still ranked 10th and most polls Danny I think baseball uh, America dropped them to like 20th uh, 20th I saw that in baseball America there's so many darn polls D1 has, has them at, at 10 which is the poll that we recognize yeah yeah and so you know they want to be healthy they want to have some confidence a month from now and they've got four conference series left three of them are at home right I mm-hmm. mean Bayer Oklahoma State and Kansas aren't they all at home and they go to West Virginia, I believe. And I'll, so, I'll, I'll, I'll say this, like, you know, you talking about swagger, talking about confidence, all, all of that. I mean, you have it until you don't, and then you don't have it until you do. I mean, we're going to talk about the women's basketball. You're going to talk about the women's basketball team in a little bit. And, you know, there was that stretch where they lost three in a row during the middle of the season where I have an AP poll, I have an AP ballot, and I seriously considered dropping them from the top 25. Like, I didn't think they were – a top 25 team. And then they went on that run at the end of the season, looked great by the, um, that Oklahoma state game when the big 12 tournament reached you late eight. Um, there's a softball team that plays across the street from the baseball team. If they had lost that game to Oklahoma, they're probably looking at being not hosting a regional. Um, this was a team that had college world series aspirations. And now they beat Oklahoma. They're very confident. They're back in the top 16, back in, you know, re- that regional range. And, you know, this is a, that team is very confident. So, you know, those are two examples of teams that were spiraling and, you know, corrected it and now got hot. And it, the baseball team just needs a, you know, a weekend where they sweep um, Baylor or they at least take the series from Baylor. Then all of a sudden, you know, that confidence builds and that swagger comes back and, you know, happy times are here again at the dish. So, um it's one of those things, but you know, it can go the other way too. If they get swept by Baylor, then all of a sudden, you know, the world, the world is the world's ending. And you know, our Facebook comments and the message boards that are run by our friends at 247 and Orange Bloods and inside Texas, those people are ready to go burn down uh, you know, burn down uh, the, the the ballpark. So um it confidence, swagger, and streakiness is a funny thing in sports, and it's not just baseball, it's all sports. It wouldn't, it wouldn't burn that fast because they don't have grass, but I, I you know, that's, that's think, for another conversation. I, I think the Texas fans are resourceful enough that they'd figure out, they'd figure out a way. Yeah. Confidence can be very temporary. Nothing's permanent and nothing's promised. Like, as you mentioned, Mike White, the softball team deserves a lot of credit for, you know, overcoming their bad start, knocking off uh, invincible Oklahoma. Cat got her number retired. Yeah, Shout out to Cat. Well-deserved, much overdue, uh, a lot of buzz about that. And so give credit to Mike White. Uh, you mentioned the women basketball. Woo! We got four going to the transfer portal. Two have already picked uh, places to go at Texas Tech in Georgia. Uh, were you surprised maybe Latasha Lattimore is in the portal and that Audrey Warren decided to transfer to Georgia? Um, Audrey and Lauren didn't surprise me. I mean, they went through senior day. Audrey all but said that she was not coming back. Um, just to how she phrased her messaging at the end of the season. Um, and you know, she graduated or at least will graduate, um, this spring. She's done her four years here. 
you know, it's time. Maybe she just wants to try something new. Maybe she wants a d- two degrees from two different schools. Maybe she just wants to, you know, have a little bit more fun than, you know, um, playing for Vic Schaefer, who is a very, <laughs> very intense, uh, intense coach. I mean, winning's fun, but I can't, you know, I'd have to imagine that playing, at, you know, basketball at a school like Texas can be pretty taxing and pretty, um, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, it's not easy. Um, and so, you know, maybe just for his fifth, fifth year, she wanted to try something new, um, even though, you know, um, Georgia's going to be playing a very intense uh, brand of, of basketball just based on what their coach did at UCF um, last year. But, you know, um, that didn't surprise me. Lauren didn't surprise me. Ashley obviously quit in, quit or leaving the team. I don't want to say quitting. Um, you know, she has talked about some of her mental health issues, um, which I don't think should be overlooked or ignored. Um, you know, she's talked about that. Her leaving in the middle of the season, though, did surprise me a little bit, but kind of seemed like she had hit her wall and I just did not want to be at Texas anymore. Um, and then, you know, Latasha, that's, a, that was a surprise, but also I, I don't know Latasha. Like I'm not, you know, in her inner circle, I don't know, um, what she was thinking or how she was feeling about her future here at Texas. Probably it's tough that her and Aaliyah kind of play the same position and Aaliyah is about to become a star, um, in her. Aaliyah, Moore, Aaliyah Moore's coming. She's coming. She's blowing up. She's blowing up. Yeah, she's so coming. She just wants to, you know, go somewhere else where she's not having to fight, um, with someone in her current class for, for minutes. So I don't think any of those four um, entrants in the tra- the transfer portal or Joe deciding to move on with, with her life as well should be a surprise. And also it's 2022. Um, aside from Rory Harmon, I don't think anyone should be surprised if they jumped into the transfer portal just because, you know, stuff happens. People want to try something new. People are unhappy and, you know, people, like to say, you know, everyone talks so positive in press conferences or all, you know, people post stuff on social media and they're smiling and stuff. We don't know these players. We don't know these. We really don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And, you know, I'm not one to tell people how to be happy. So, um, you know, someone decides that they want to move on and go to a different school. I don't think that's an indictment on Texas. I don't think it's an indictment on these young women or men um, in other programs. So, you know, it is what it is. And, Whoever you know, Vic has at the Moody Center um, next November is who who Vic has, and I'm sure that team will be very competitive and fun. Just as fun to watch. Yeah, Vic Vic Shaver was really on at the ribbon cutting ceremony, as he always is. You know, he, even Chris Beard joked at the at the podium, like, "I got to follow that guy." You know, so uh, as long as you yeah, have to I, follow that guy in that bird orange suit. Oh my yeah. God, clown! Go ahead. <laughs> And Lat- Lattimore is the one surprised to me a little bit because I think she can be a player. She's coming on, has a lot of potential. But like you said, Danny, we don't know. I mean, when I asked Devin Askew on the men's team uh, the Monday before they played Virginia Tech in the first round of the NCAA, are you coming back? Oh, yeah, definitely coming back. I can't wait to come back. Now he's in the portal as of this week. And Timmy Allen, uh, Texas, arguably their best player here, Courtney Ramey or AJ, uh, now he's coming back. So it's just temporary now, and it's going to be fluid for these coaches and these teams and these fans. And it's going to be rough getting used to, I think, for a lot of these coaches and fans, don't y'all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, especially in football where we got the orange-white game coming up. On on yeah. Saturday night is I don't know if it's going to be a game or a. I don't think a it's dress. a game. It I just doesn't, won't feel like a game. It's just going to be a, a an exhibition, a scrimmage, yeah. or something like that. Quinn, yours. We all got to talk to Quinn, yours. 
<laughs> last week and um a lot of hair a lot of hair a lot, lot of, of bravado uh didn't like the question when kirk bowles goes you got any new nil deals coming up he goes well that's kind of personal and as he was walking away i looked at him and i go you know we're gonna find out you could have just told us quinn but that, but that's not how they do it in 2022. They want to, they want to have a splash announcement, and um, these companies want to make money off, the, make money off these players. So there's going to be some announcements. I'm of the opinion, and I'm and I'm writing this piece for the Friday paper. I'm of the opinion that there is no quarterback competition. This is Quinn Ewers' gig. He didn't come here to compete with Hudson Card. He came here to be the quarterback. What do you think about that, Danny, then, Doug? Um, I don't know. Um, I would, you know, I think Quinn Ewers probably looked at the situation and thought, this is a job I can win. I'm sure he got assurances that he would be given every opportunity to... Um, Love the way you put this. ...win this job and, you know, you know, probably the front runner, I think, in everyone's eyes. I think most people expect him. Um, with all the hype and hoopla and NIL deals to be, you know, to be the guy. But yeah, you know, I, I don't believe, I think it's dangerous for a coach to just um, guarantee a job. Um, and I also don't think that, you know, I think Hudson card wouldn't be here if this job was guaranteed to um, Quinn Ewers. I think, you know, what if he you didn't know, what if he didn't know? And I, I, do you think Hudson Card is privy to any conversations that were had with with uh, yours and and Sark and and his his staff to get him here? I don't think Hudson was invited to that party, Daniel. I don't think he was invited to that party, but you know, I I have I have I guess maybe this is me being naive. Like I have faith that you know Sark is at least stand, a stand up enough guy to if he promised the starting job to someone that he wouldn't, you know, fake it. Like he wouldn't, you know, go through a sham of a, you know, spring drills where Hudson's getting, you know, X amount of um, first team reps or, you know, the illusion of thinking that he can be a starter. Like I would hope that either, you know, he'd be like, Hey, you know, this is a guy we think he's going to be the starter. If you want to go look elsewhere, look elsewhere, or it'd be very clear Hey, you are the the backup. You're running the second team. I'd at least hope that'd be the case. I love you. I love yeah. your glass half full mentality, Daniel. But I've, I'm I've 50, I'm 56 years old, and I just got to keep it real right here. On 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 second thought, I'm this is what I think, and and and, and you can you can retort. But if, if Quinn, yours, why, why do you why why go through the sham? Like I don't understand. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because you don't want to go into this season knowing you're one injury away from a hobbled Malik as your backup. You want to keep everybody happy in the spring and keep Hudson Card engaged. And then in the, come the summer and the fall, then you'll make your announcement and Hudson Card will be, Hudson Card will be nowhere near that portal because it'll probably be too late. But, but to announce it now, if you're the football coach, and I'll, let, and I'll let you speak on the two, Duck, would be dangerous for Sark. You want to have two good quarterbacks on this team. Well, absolutely. And I, I'll be honest, I side more with Danny because just go back to year one. 
it looked like Casey's job in the spring and in August. And we're all going every Zoom availability we had. Boy, Casey talked like this is his team. Ultimately, it was. But he picked Hudson Card. Why did he pick? Pick. He thought he had the bigger upside. Obviously, I think you take you take a upside because you thought he thought he could mold him into what he could be, and he could make it there earlier than Casey's best. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I thought his upside in Sark's mind was he's better than Casey. He was a four star quarterback. I mean, Georgia salivated over this guy. You know, a lot of people wanted. Hudson card. And, you know, the thing is the transfer portal is going to be there. It was there yesterday. It's there today. Going to be there tomorrow. I just mentioned Devin Askew just changed his mind in the last few weeks. Doesn't mean he's definitely leaving, but I'm just saying Sark's the guy that's changed his mind. You know, uh, I don't think he promised him the job, but Quinn Ewers came here expecting to be the guy. There's no question about that. And he's the front runner, but this is a guy that changed his mind, picked, Hudson card for two games didn't do well. And then uh, goes with Casey Thompson with a bad thumb the rest of the year. So I think, but it took a, but a full spring and a full summer of Hudson card. And it only took two games for him to lose his job. Duck. That, that no. doesn't, that doesn't reflect very well on Sark. No, it doesn't. And neither does five and seven. There's mm-hmm. pressure on Sark. He knows it. He's not going to, I'm going to name Quinn Ewers, and all 12 games, he's going to start every game. I don't think there's any way he's going to be in the staff meeting and say, well, we're sinking, we're riding or sinking with uh, Quinn Ewers. I don't know. I I think he's going to be open-minded. I think he expects Quinn Ewers to win the job. But I just think there's a lot of pressure on Sark after a five and seven season. And I think he would be willing to change. And uh, who knows, maybe they'll both start six games. But I think all options are on the table. But I think he hopes and expects Quinn Ewers to start. Danny? I mean, I think all of us expect Quinn Ewers to be the starter. Um, Sark may expect Quinn Ewers to be the, the starter. Um, but I, I, I think if you make promises, you also run the risk of what if he promises Quinn Ewers a job and Hudson Card comes out here and plays – like the, his house is on fire and has an right. excellent spring. Right. Quinn struggles as he's learning a new offense. And then Quinn gets named the starter. Then you, you anger one quarterback. You may lose your locker room because they're all looking around me and like, what, what's, what's this all about? And like, I just don't, like I said, I think all of us expect Quinn Ewers to be the starter, but I, I would, I would, I wouldn't expect that job to have been promised. And not if I'm Quinn Ewers, I don't know if I want that job promised to me. I want to come in here. I want to, I want to earn it. I want to live up to this hype and, you know, you'd be the guy that wins that job and have, of having something just, just handed to me. I mean, if you're a competitor, you don't want, you want to compete. You want to earn, you know, earn that playing time, earn that job and, you know, see where, see where things go. But, you know, like I said, I don't think, I think we're all kind of arguing the same thing. Um, I think we all expect uh, number three to be the guy and uh, we'll see how number one, how much, you know, Hudson card, pushes that conversation, but you know, I, I would just stop short at just assuming that that job was promised to Quinn during the recruiting, the recruiting process. I love the fact that you said he doesn't want it handed to him because we know that Quinn yours has never had anything handed to him, not a million dollar NIL deal or anything like that. 
It's it's personal. Quinn yours is sleeping on silk sheets, guys. He is. And so is Hudson Card because he played at Lake Travis. Hudson Card ain't starving either. So whoever gets that job is a is a is a person of privilege and uh, good for them. I'm an advocate for the players. I love it when players get money. And so it's my hope that it won't be a repeat of what we saw in year one of Sark, where Hudson clearly wasn't ready for prime time. Whomever gets the job, I hope that it's a guy that's going to start the first nine or 10 games, uh, barring injury and not, and not have Sark uh, make, making a drastic switch, uh, which did not turn out, which would, did turn out well for the position, but did not turn out well overall for the team, Doug. Yeah, it's, you know, he's got a lot of decisions and I'm, you know, I'm not even sure quarterbacks is top priority because in his mind, he thinks he's got two good ones. He does. He does. Uh, I don't know, Danny, we were, we had Brian Davis on a few weeks ago and Brian's tagged this kind of as a seven and five team, the way it looks now, changed his mind. Cedric was more optimistic and I'm like nine and three minimum. Is that right? So uh, not minimum, maximum, nine and three. Maximum. So where do you stand uh, going into the orange-white game Saturday, Danny? I don't know. I think um, I, may, I, may, I may be back in. I may be filled in. <laughs> don't do it, Daniel. Don't go 11 and one again. That... Maybe, maybe, buy, maybe not 11 and one, but I, <laughs> I mean, why, why are we making predictions in April? I don't know who the quarterback of this – Team is going to be. We don't know how yeah, good do. that quarterback. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Okay, <laughs> let's. Okay, Quinn. Let's. Quinn Ewers is, is the quarterback of this team. Okay, let's just let's let's say that. Okay. We don't know how good he's going to be. We don't know how no, how he's going to look off. You know. You know. Pretty much hasn't played since um you know twenty twenty. Um, we don't know how you know these new pieces are going to fit, and we don't know what this offensive line is going to look like. That you know they. They all can come in and they can play like all stars and they can all live up to the hype. And this could be a really good team. They could all come in here and there could be a period of adjustment with Alabama coming in the second week of September and a struggle. So, I mean, who knows? I, I would like to see a little bit more um, from Quinn. I'd like to see whatever, however he looks in this spring game practice, whatever we're going to on Saturday, Saturday evening. Um, see how you know this team is looking during the fall when they get all all the pieces in. But um, you know, there was a funny tweet going around. Um, I don't know the gentleman who made the video, just kind of making fun of um, you know the, the eternal optimism of Texas fans. <laughs> that was a classic. Oh my and god, that was so funny. I, I think that can. Have you seen Bijan? Because Texas is going to be a top twenty-five team. There's they're always stenciled into that you know twenty to twenty-five range. They'll be back there again this year. And I'm sure by the time, uh, you know, August rolls around, whenever we have to make our predictions, I'll have Bob back in. Um, so I guess I'm the highest and I want actually that to be said on this podcast, because last time I was on here, I apparently pissed off too many Texas fans with some of the things I said about, you know, how bad of basketball fans they were. So I want people to know since people listen to you guys, podcast that actually you know, do. I'm, 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 I'm optimistic. I'm not the bad guy here. Go direct your anger at Brian. Um, I'm, I, I guess I'm one of y'all. So I'm, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm, you know, ten and two, eleven and one. We're, there you go. We're all going to wherever the championship game is uh, next year. It's I'm not in. the Alamo Bowl, right? Anything about the Alamo Bowl? 
<laughs> he hates San Antonio so much. He does. He just he just has it in for San Antonio. So, well, man, thanks for dropping the knowledge on us. Hopefully, uh, the baseball team will have performances that you can write uh, better pearls on. Uh, softball got it going. Uh, I'm sure, Vic Schaefer is going to get some big recruits or transfers in as well. So, uh, any parting words that you'd like to leave us with? Nope. I just uh, like I said last time I was on here. Uh, I was uh, told um, that there were some discussions on some message boards about me uh, running my <laughs> running my mouth. I think was the term that was used. So wow. I hope I did. I hope I did it the right way. Don't get up at E, Daniel. Don't get up at I, you know, this gentleman. You know, I'm sure he was white. I mean, right um, when he said that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I hope I angered less uh, less Texas fans this time around. Yeah. You brought the sunshine today, Daddy Davis. Oh my God, I'm going to go outside and and bask in the in the afterglow of your appearance here today. A few baseball clouds, but uh, hey, that's allowed. So, thanks for being with us. Take care of Charlie. I hope he hadn't eaten all his Easter candy yet. If he hasn't, I have. <laughs> ah, nice. And guess what, guys? That'll do it for episode 257. Big thanks to Chris Del Conte and Daniel Davis. We were all over the Moody Center, all over UT. Football, baseball, basketball, SEC, you name it, softball. And we're going to be right back next week with a review of whatever this thing's going to be on Saturday. The electric. It'll be electric for Kirk Bowes and Danny Davis. I'm Cedric Golden. We will see you at DKR. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Ced and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.